How the bloody hell are you? My name is Nathan and I'm joined by Zwift experts Andrew Hudson and Rob Bain. Together we discuss all things Zwift, a virtual online cycling platform. In this week's episode, we meet special guest Josh Harris. Andrew takes us through stage four of the Dirt series. Rob breaks down stage two of the Z Racing series. I look at FTP tests and we take a deep dive into the recent game updates and secret changes. So it's time to get into the drops. Oh, gentlemen, 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 how are we today? Superb, thank you. How are you? I'm <laughs> much better for having just had to go through that again. Oh, what an amazing week it's been. Yeah, congratulations. I watched the ceremony, but unfortunately, at the crucial moment, I got a bug in my eye and uh, my eyes were all uh, watering, so I couldn't watch it all properly. Thank you very much. Um, I was also affected by the same bug. Um, for those that uh, maybe didn't pick up on the last episode, um, I got married. Uh, so that was uh, the weekend just gone, which was fantastic. Um, Sharon, my uh, beautiful wife, uh, organized nearly all of the wedding, uh, which meant it went absolutely perfectly, as opposed to how I normally organize things, which is half-assed. So rumor has it, though, that wasn't the only bug that uh, was around on the wedding there, Nathan. No, no, that's, that's correct. Um, I also got COVID as well. Now, I'm pretty sure I didn't deliver it to the guests but um a few of us did pass it around once it did arrive and so we were a little bit less than chuffed to uh, find out that uh, many of our guests walked away with it and in the preceding days we've had a few people contact us and thank us for um ensuring that they also are not feeling very well so i'm slowly getting over it you can hear it in my voice a little bit um sharon just has it now so i think it's her third time this is my first um so it's been a great start to the marriage oh it can only go up from here now mate can't it <laughs> well, that's right so um I'm, uh, as soon as i'm done here i'll have to go and uh start dinner and uh, make sure that she's being looked after um Is sickness only health well i signed on the contract didn't i you did you did <laughs> um in other news mr rob how is the uh, coronation looking over there in uh, the uk oh all all coronation -y. we're we're coronationed out uh, everyone's going crazy for it uh we love it <laughs> i think i think i don't know i i've just been on my bike all week i, I wouldn't know really <laughs> but apparently people like it i mean we are good at it aren't we you know all the all the soldiers and the gold stuff and you know, it's yeah, it's it's great fun. I mean, I'm not a big royalist, but yeah, it's yeah. Who doesn't like a bit of pageantry? If you oh, don't, right. just cheer up. Yep, absolutely. Oh, so, no top hat and tails. Uh, I might get them out later on. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, dust them down and uh, no, I I I. I don't know what's happening, but assumedly uh, it's on telly and people are going to get excited and it'll all be good. I reckon I a tweed golfer's cap would suit you, Rob. Oh. A golfer's cap? Oh, you know, okay. those tweed sort of, you know. Yep. You <laughs> well, I don't think it's quite respectful of the uh, of the gravity gravitas of the occasion, but... 
I'll, I'll, I'll try anything. I like. I, I do. I wish people wore hats again. You know, yeah. in the fifties when the first one was on, everyone wore a hat. Everyone. And then at the right, everyone knew when to take it off as well. You know, there was like, oh, he's wearing a hat when he shouldn't be wearing a hat. Yep. It was it was quite a big thing about when you should and shouldn't wear a hat thing. But uh, and so, if you had a choice, then what hat would you wear? And I, I would like to pull off a, a proper top hat, I think. But uh, for for special occasions or just getting around. Yeah, everyday hat, top hat would, you know, if if it was if it was in vogue, then yeah, I, I would do it. What about right. you? You need a, a full head covering hat, don't you, of some kind? Yeah, well, I yeah, Oof, I, I could I could probably use one sometimes. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, in other news, we also have another celebration to uh, to honour Hado. It's your birthday this Thursday coming. It is indeed. Uh, couldn't quite tie it in with King Charles and the, and the coronation. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is on Thursday, uh, yep. 49, almost at the half century mark. But, Congratulations. Uh, yeah. That's Thank you. Be a, a, yeah, great time. Anything special planned? Um, no. No? <laughs> no, is, no is the short answer. I think. TCT? Uh, yeah, maybe something like that. Um, a a race on script. No, it'll uh, it'll be just a quiet family show. I think uh, we'll hold those over till next year and do something a bit more major at the the half fifty k mark. Yep, that's a good idea. Yeah, so uh, Sharon, fun. I've got Sharon planning mine coming up uh, in September, so uh, hopefully that should be uh, a nice quiet affair. I'm anticipating, um, yeah. but I did get a chance to go through your Facebook um, feed and yep. I dug out an old photo of you on your first bike. Oh yes, I reckon that was from uh, when I just performed my Swift days and uh, <laughs> in my IRL rides. I mean, in real life rides. Yep, yep. And um, I think that was the uh, pre-Tron bike I'm on there. <laughs> so that was the uh, the first iteration of that. The early prototypes. Yes, that's the original that fixing. Yeah. So before they managed to work out the lighting on the wheels and those special effects, this is what it was. This is this is where they started. This, this is it. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see. I could, I could see Rob on this with that hat too. That would look, um, and a, and a, and just the yeah. pipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would, yeah. I, yep. I, I, I like that style. It's, uh, it's definitely me. I, 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 I yearn for those days. <laughs> They're a lot simpler back then. Well, yeah. clearly, look at the bike. <laughs> <laughs> no chains, no gearing, no derailers. No bearings, no oil. <laughs> Metal yeah, and it rust. Well. That's how a man should ride a bike. That's, that's right. Um, and then we're going to have a chat a little, little later on about the uh, Zwift updates that um, are just coming out in version 1.39. And a few other things. Now, Rob's got a video on the power-up changes, which we posted the other day. We'll go and check that out and um, have a chat about a few of the other things that um, that uh, are coming out with this update as well. Yeah, we've, we've, we've got a secret squirrel who's, who's found all the mm. secret stuff in the game updates. There's um, some quite interesting things afoot. Mm. And I'm surprised that it hasn't been mentioned at all by anyone. Um, no, no, I've been looking for the Zwift Insider. He usually digs a bit deeper, yeah, doesn't he? But, yeah, yeah. Um, Unless, of course, they're sworn to secrecy. 
which we're not. No, we are not. Do they control <laughs> him in any way? Is he? Uh, I suppose he, if he wants his inside information, he's got to play ball a bit, hasn't he? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and the same as Lama and these other guys too. So, but we're not restricted by that, are we? We can uh, drop these bombs, and uh, you guys, everyone watching, will be the first to see it. Well, sorry, um, maybe that's slandering him. I, I don't think he's ever held back on saying anything about Swift. Uh, sorry, sorry, Eric, you 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 are the the god of Swift information. Sorry, <laughs> I, I don't think he would have thought any other way. Um, and then finally, um, we've got uh, the podcast. The podcast is now live on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and a bunch of other smaller ones. So, for those people that have commented on our videos and in Reddit. Um, who were interested in learning whether we had it as, as a podcast. We do now. So search for In The Drops, wherever you listen to your podcast from. Um, there'll be links to these um, and Podbean in the description below. So uh, go and check it out. Okay. Wow. Well Sorry? Done. Wow. Yep. Well done. Yep. No, it's all, all moving along. Um, okay. So before we move any further, though, I'm about to introduce our next guest as soon as I get up my little list of things. You can go away. There we go. So our next guest or our special guest this week is Josh Harris. So Josh um, is a pretty impressive writer and runner. Uh, he finished 40th in the 2023 UCI Zwift World Championships. He was uh, the winner of the 2022 Zwift Continental Hill Climb. Um, he's also the world champ, the 2017 World Champs Marathon. And uh, he is the eight, he's placed 18th in the Zwift Racing App and third in Zwift Power. So let's, uh, let's uh, welcome, once I see where I am, let's welcome Josh. Josh, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys, and congratulations on on all the achievements this week to you three. Oh, thank no, you. thank you. All right, it's great. Thank you. Yep, some big milestones. Um, hey, Josh. Uh, yeah, again, thanks for your time. Uh, maybe could you start by just giving us a little you know, thirty second elevator pitch on what you've been doing and um, and how you got into Zwifting? Yeah, so I came from a, a running background pretty much my whole life, and trained really hard and did a lot of Ks and uh, eventually made the world champs for the marathon in 2017. Uh, from there, started to pick up some pretty serious injuries and the body started to slowly break down one injury after another, which led to finding the bike. Uh, enjoyed that, did a season in real life in, in 2019, where I found I was, I was pretty good, but probably lacked some of the skills uh, that some of the, the elite riders have that have been doing it their whole life. So I went back to running, a few more injuries later, uh, and then got a trainer to, to cross train on and found out that I, I don't need those in real life skills to be successful on Zwift. And now another injury later and things started progressing, started improving, loving it, no restrictions. And yeah, just... Um, having the time of my life honestly it's so much fun no it's um it's a pretty yeah it's a pretty awesome platform especially you know from an injury perspective as well but the skill sets you're talking about that you um realize you didn't need to sort of worry too much about what sort of skill sets were they well i guess uh, i've 
been genetically uh, gifted with, with some um, like a high VO2 max and, and endurance capacity given my background as a runner and was able to able to transfer that across power wise to cycling pretty easily um, and so I guess those things um, have have suited me well to once I've jumped on Zwift and, and I think I've been able to hone that even further without any running at all in the last kind of six nine months okay I, i'm not at the same level at all but i find you know when going up hills with my club mates i can do it but um you know when it comes to downhills or cornering they, they just fly away from me i'm like i, I just stop pedaling when i go downhill i go to a super tuck you know what, what's this all about pedaling downhills yeah yeah i thought i was picking it up okay but then when you race with people that are just elite at it, you just realise that, that they're just so much better. And, and I found, always found it quite scary because I didn't necessarily want to be there. Um, you know, it wasn't really my background. So, yeah, I'm enjoying Zwift because you can fly down some of those hills at 100k an hour without worrying. I've got a, a quick question uh, one of our viewers has got for you, Josh. Uh, John's asked, do you tr just train or do you race all the time? What's your preference there? Yeah, good question. Um, initially, when I was just cross-training and, and that kind of thing, it was more training um, with the odd race here and there. And then in the, the little World Champs training block, it was, I like to do probably a lot of racing, but I still had some, some key training that I, I tried to fit in there as well. And um, Actually, since World Champs, I've pretty much only raced and I've taken things to such a new level. Um, like, I, And it's so much more fun. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to go back to training at any point, to be honest. Um, yeah, just love it. So, oh, what, what... great. It's so great to hear someone else say it. Just, it was brilliant that the only race. Because everyone, you know, everyone says to me, oh, you should train. You'd be so much better you know, if you did training programs. But race, 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 race. Just try and find the right races that targets everything. Bit of sprinting, bit of air two max, some longer races, and and yeah, I think I think it's all good. A little bit of recovery days as well. Ah. <laughs> so how do you balance then the that time you need between family and the racing and the recovery? Yeah, so I, I've always had a, a pretty good life balance and intended to focus on that a little bit. So uh, my job. I wouldn't say he's very stressful. I'm a, a substitute or relief teacher uh, primarily. So going to, to teach about three days a week, but I don't really have any responsibility there, um, which is nice. And then um, do a little bit of running coaching on top of that when in, in the free time. But overall, I'd say that, that I've got a, a pretty free schedule to, to fit in um, how I want. So it's okay. good. Because you're based down in Tasmania. Yeah, yeah, down in Launceston, so yep. um, yeah, enjoy it down here. So do you get out and ride on the road much at all? Uh, not lately, no. Um, I, I think I, I actually went out for three hours with my girlfriend on Sunday, which was I think the second ride outside that I'd done this year. Okay. Um, getting to the point where it's tempting to, to do some of those recovery rides outside, um, but yeah, I think those race days, which are probably a good five days a week, I'm, I'm happy to keep indoors and, and on yep. the trainer. Yep. yep. You haven't hit Richie up for a uh, to go for a ride. 
Well, I actually saw him up the up at the pool um, when he came back, and he he gave me his WhatsApp and said we should go for a ride one time, but he he never got to me. Oh wow! We might have to um, reach out to Richie and um, ask him about it. <laughs> I don't well, think Richie I would have went anyway. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like going outside. Well, Richie Port. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a Lonnie. Oh, wow. He's a Launceston boy as well. Oh right, wow. Hmm. Yeah. So does hey. he spend most of his time back in Tassie or overseas? Yeah, since he since he retired, he's um he's back in Launceston and and trying to I believe I haven't really heard too much, but just set up a, a normal life down here with, with his kids and, and partner and um, okay. I know he loves it here. So um, yeah, it's it's cool to have people like that as role mm. models um, locally. Yeah, for sure. To um, maintain your competitive edge, do you have to follow any special dietary requirements or nutrition stuff? Given that you you know you're racing most days and the, and the I guess output that you're doing. Uh, to be honest, I try and focus more on the number on the scales more than the the specific food that I put in. So it's like at this stage of my my athletic career, I'm probably more in it for fun. So I'm honestly not stressed at all about about that. So I certainly treat myself to. Probably not the healthiest diet in the in the world, but the training hours that I put in, I think can can um, counterbalance that. And as long as the weight stays um, kind of optimal, I think I think it's it's good for happiness and yeah, not going too bad. Obviously, you're right in the sweet spot, are you? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hey, um, quick question. I was talking about this yesterday. What's your thoughts on Pack Dynamics Four? Do you think it's changed racing? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, and I think I think my answer is it depends on the circumstances. Um, like I, I've been in races where where I felt like some breakaways and that kind of thing are, are more likely to occur, but then on the on the counter to that, there have been situations where you might be trying to go for a solo break, and I, I actually feel like it's because it seems easier to draft it seems a lot harder to get away and things just string out one by one and then they come back together so i think it depends on the course what riders are in the field um, and that kind of thing it's a bit different but honestly it hasn't taken too much to adapt to um, from me and overall i think when i want to be efficient it i think i can be quite efficient in the new system so yeah i'm i'm quite neutral to it but trying to learn all the ins and outs as well i've got uh, another question from john online who's asking you're in aero ct and now aero has anything changed or any differences yeah so i uh, joined the community team for aero when i was getting into zwift and um like honestly that team that i rode for there it really had that real community feel about it um that the guys were um you know they'll right into their Zwift and the tactics and that kind of thing, which is fantastic. And then uh, I transitioned across to to the elite team, um, and you know they have some phenomenal power numbers. Some of these guys, um, they're, they're a great group of guys. We probably don't we probably don't jump on the Discord and stuff like that like the community team do, um, and they probably aren't as focused on on Zwift tactics and and that kind of thing as the community team. That's probably the the main difference but um they're obviously very powerful riders and um and have had a lot of success uh prior to me zwifting i know that they won the zwift academy a few times and um and that kind of thing so yeah they've put out some good riders for sure 
Yeah, for sure. How I you saw find... you originally. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I saw you originally through uh, being on Ben Pitt's team, and he was always uh, he was always raving about you. And you know, you were obviously awesome in uh, ZRL with him. Uh, he's got. He, he suggested a couple of questions. Uh, one of them was, uh, "What uh, setup do you use? Do you P- PC in direct connection to router or a potato connected via Wi-Fi?" Uh, so I've I've upgraded since um, since I've taken the step up. I've got a new new gaming computer, um, which has sped things up quite a bit. Um, not I'm not on direct connect at the moment. I'm using um, using my Kicker Five um, at this stage. It it I think I have a feeling it tends to read slightly higher than the Kicker Six. Um, so at this stage I'm I'm back on the Kicker Five. Um, so none of the fast race mode and that kind of thing, but um, yeah, on on the fire for now. Um, dual recording with InfoCrank, which is one of Aero's partners. So they they sent me that down, which is okay. which has been awesome. Um, and yeah, that's the setup. But um, got the Kicker Six there in case I need it for any of the the real top level stuff down the track and that kind of thing. And my girlfriend's been riding that as well. <laughs> so do you use your race bike on your trainer? Josh, or you got a separate bike for that? Yeah, so that's pretty much like the only half decent bike that I have. Um, so at this stage, it's probably starting to get quite worn and and that kind of thing. But that bike, oh, Zwift's more important to me than than outside. So I'll be I'll be using that as long as I can for sure. Where do you see uh, Where do you see yourself going with Zwift? What, what's What's your next goal? Oh. I, I'm just so I just found something that's so fun and so limitless. Like every race, I feel like you can just push yourself. Like, like that finish line is like life or death kind of thing. Even like a a, a crappy local like small field race, it, it's so much fun. So, um, in terms of goals, I, I'd like to to have another chance or, or more at like things like the World Champs and and that kind of thing. Um, because I, I think that. Um, where I'm at now, I, I can probably make some kind of mark on, on something like that. Not necessarily um, be up there for the win and, and that kind of thing, but I certainly think that that I can be competitive um, in the right circumstance, course, uh, and that kind of thing. And then uh, this winter for us, um, I'm pretty into the chasing tour, and I, so I want to win that. Um, and like the the Giro or the Chasing Pink coming up, I'd love to win one of those as well. So they're kind of the short-term goals for now. What did you think of the world's format? I I thought it was embarrassing, personally, that they built this beautiful world and they used a fairly average course for the first round and then the stupid burritos as they were. I just thought it was poor, the format that they had. Yeah, like... I always, regardless of the format, because they are often quite different. Like I, I try and make myself, um, you know, as familiar with it and get the best out of myself that I can. Um, I think it was always going to be tough for for me, um, not necessarily not being a sprinter at all. It was going to always come down to to a sprint. Um, you know, I tried some breakaways on that course in the weeks leading up and I knew that that was not going to happen. So I, I just stayed as patient as I could to, to save myself for that last 45 seconds. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. I really enjoyed the format of the second and third race. 
Um, yeah. But I think those courses were definitely better and um, those formats were, were good. It was just, um, yeah, the Rolling Highlands course, it, there's not that much to it for elite races, to be honest. Like, we, we can all get up a 2% gradient um, pretty, pretty comfortably. Um, but, yeah, I, I love the experience of being there and, and that kind of thing. And, yeah, hope to yeah, get a chance to do it again in, in a format that maybe suits me more. Yeah, hopefully next time. I mean, you got pretty close though, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I think the the burrito, um, the burrito, and the pack, the breakaway pack. That was probably. I don't think I quite would have got thirtieth, but I missed the jump a bit by not necessarily realizing that that group had two seconds, and we could probably go earlier and draft through them. Um, so things that you learn and that kind of thing. But I, I beat some good riders. Um, yeah, it's a solid result for a non-sprinter. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've still got some pretty admirable um, sprinting numbers, that's for sure. Get getting there. I've been I've been working on it a lot with with the racing. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, hey, Josh, can you, what can you tell us about the the beer mile? Yeah, so um, beer mile started off as something a bit of fun with me and my running mates back in the day. Uh, and then like a lot of things in my life i've thought oh i can be better at this and i kind of worked hard to be better at that and um Go. before long i had the australian record and, and then um the a little bit down the track that became the world record and and then some some Shut cool opportunities along the way with it as well and, Luke, yes, <laughs> and so no thoughts of trying to recontest it because i was looking at some of the more recent times and um it seems like some people are pretty serious about it. Yeah, so I think I'm still like seventh fastest ever. But um, it was funny. I was actually gearing up to go to the the Worlds in Belgium in I think October 2022 when I um when I picked up like another injury and within about three weeks I've been that idea and that's when I um, bought the Kicker Five and and started getting serious on Zwift. How so much did the training yeah. involve drinking and how much of it involves running? Uh, now, pretty much all running. <laughs> and is this still the op optimal strategy of having a little walk as you're as you're running? Or yeah, people so you, it you, or? yeah, you've got to you've got to drink the beer within that that 10 meters at the end of the lap oh, right. so um basically yeah the fastest way is to get it at the 10 meters open it and by the time you walk the 10 meters it's gone so you're ready for the for the last part of the or the main part of the lap wow do, do you get a, a choice of beer or is it just whatever they get uh gotta be five percent alcohol and <laughs> 355 mil or above oh yep. wow okay so no mucking around no nah, that's it <laughs> Now, I've been oh, told in the uh, in the comments here that uh, SM reckons that you are the chasing tour god. And then there's a uh, following question from Roy who says, uh, it's just, uh, what are your thoughts on the chasing series? So um, how, how have you found that, I guess? Yeah, I've I've personally loved it. Um, and I know, I know some people, you know, it depends on everyone's situation, but personally, I've absolutely loved it. It's, they've adopted a time gap um for for the gc competition most of the gc competitions which I, I think based on the first tour 
I think that worked. Um, and I think with the big fields now, that's going to work pretty well um, compared to some other tours at Golf GC and uh, off the fastest time. And being an Aussie, like the times that, that I can race, like I'm never going to be competitive in in some of those other tours, which is frustrating. Um, so chasing tour has been awesome for me. Um, I know there are a few people with, with a couple of little tweaks and, and things that could be better for them as well. Um, so hopefully um, in the future, John um, takes on board some of that to make it even better mm. next year. But for me, loving it, and I'm hoping to be able to do every race of the year, to be honest, okay. but winter coming here, so we've got to avoid sickness and, and all that kind of thing. Yep, yep. Well, it's the best time though as well. It's not, not, too, uh, not too good being outside. Is this the first time you've done the chasing tour? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't participate last year, but I, I think I saw uh, Ben Pitt, maybe. I think I saw nightly rides in the tour from him and thought, oh, what's that all about? Uh, kind of thing. Whereas I think they've expanded this year to have more times. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he was racing quite late Australian time last mm. year. So, um, yeah, first time and... As soon as I, I started the, the first tour, I, I was into it. And now I'm kind of at the top of the standings. It's motivation to, to keep doing everyone and to hold those other riders off and not, not give them a chance. Do you think that's going to become a bit of a, um, a cross to bear? What's that? Sorry. As in now that you're at the top, you've got to stay there. Is it going to become a bit of a, um, oh, um, a burden to have to do all the remaining races to to keep that position oh uh, look I, I don't think so i mean i'll certainly i'll certainly be marked in in every race that i do um mm. but you know i'm actually looking forward to the chasing pink compared to the the classics i found yep. the classics difficult where every position mattered mm. um you, you're stressing mid-race about trying to like little things like oh i'm in a breakaway but what if the what if the pack catch uh, little things like like that were really stressful because every place mattered and it came down to the last day um i was second the whole the whole classics until the very last time slot um i got actually got a surprise win there to be honest um but i'm looking forward to a time gap where I, at the moment I, I feel strong enough that on most of the stages i Worst case, I should be within the, the first few seconds of, of the winners and that kind of thing, hopefully. Um, but I'm sure there'll be a lot of attacks and stuff like that on me if, if I do get into a good spot, though. So prepared for that, I guess. And have you found that there's been a bit of a concerted effort to try and um, come up with strategies to, you know, to defend you and defeat you? Yeah, in the in the first tour, there absolutely were, um, but not necessarily by the um, th not by the team that were actually my nearest rivals. Um, so that, that that was quite interesting. Um, so and then from there, like I I made sure that I oh, I tried to for a stage or two. I got one of my teammates to try and come and help me out. Um, just to just to help defend a little bit so i didn't have to chase every single move um so little things like that definitely help and then you know that there, there's things that people will probably try like cross time zone um type setups depending on on the stages and, and who the competition are there are a lot of different tactics at play and i think i think it allows for for something different and, and something quite cool 
yeah yeah no it's certainly been a topic of conversa conversation for us that's for sure okay um we might uh, jump over and uh, check out um andrew's recon ryan then we will come back and have a bit more of a chat um hang on yeah, one there second, lots of other questions but we can't We've go all day questions, going, but yeah. I would... um oh fine <laughs> all right so andrew do you want to set us up for this one where are we at with the dirt racing series so dirt racing series we're up to stage four this week we are in mercury islands and we're doing the chain chomper um so it's going to be a tough little race we've got two laps of that and um yeah punchy little climbs around the place um yeah. wouldn't be too too much of a hassle i think for josh but for the rest of us it's going to be a bit <laughs> of a workout for us mere mortals yeah, that's um, right. Were there like, what, was there some last-minute changes that were introduced? Yeah, so originally they had it down that they were only going to have the segments in play were going to be the Castle Com and the Temple Com. And mm -hmm. the Castle Com was going to be on lap two. Uh, the Temple Com was going to be on laps one and two. Uh, and now they've switched that around a little bit now so that we've got the sprints uh, segment is going to be on in the lead-in. Um, then we're going to have the... Temple Com is going to be on lap one. The country sprint when we finish lap one is going to be on again. Then we're going to do the Castle Com. So we've got the four segments. And then obviously we're going to, uh, well, I think we finish at the sprint at the end as well. Oh, let's check it uh, out. I just did not get tired of that. Series stage four, Jane Chomper and Mercury Islands. As we make our way out of the pens, we're going to head towards the country sprint on the leading of the first lap. Come on, YouTube. Don't worry about white choices for today because that's already been decided for you. We are going to race on the Pinarello Dogma for today. So those that were using the white swap strategy, don't worry about that. You don't need to. All you need to worry about for today's race is your wheel choice. That is up to you. You can choose what you're like. Here we are rolling through the green pasture fields and we're heading towards that country sprint. Comes in at around about kilometre 2.4, I think. Here's the start of it. It's about 146 metres, kilometres, that'd be a big sprint. 146 metres uh, and it is the fastest through segment. We're going to go through, continue our way through there, heading towards the first KOM. This is not a part of the segment, but we do have to go through here. So here it comes here. This KOM segment is the Castle Com. It is the first across the line on lap two. So not the first lap, second lap. It's two and a half kilometers, 2.1%. Um, so it's a nice steady little rise to test our legs and certainly get them warmed up for the climb ahead. So we're doing two laps of this course today. This is the first lap, obviously, then you'd go around and you do it all over again. So this could be a good opportunity for those people that had done the sprint and made a little bit of a breakaway. They could probably push that here if they wanted to, to see whether they could get that breakaway to stick, if there was. If there wasn't, it may be a chance to stretch out the pack and see if they can drop some riders on this climb. Or it might be that the group itself sticks together and conserves some energy for the climb that is about to come up behind this. So we're making our way up here to the castle. 
Just after you see this castle here, it peaks around about eight point something percent. Uh, we have a few turns and then we'll come up to the KOM QOM banner. There it is here. That marks the end of that segment there. So remember that for the second lap when you are doing that climb. We're gonna go around to the back of the village here and head it, make our way around towards the back. At the back of the village, we do have our temple KOM. So we're gonna go through the village here, a few turns and twists. On the left here is a dirt track and this is the temple KOM. It's 1.9 kilometers, three and a half percent. This is the first across the line on lap one only. So second lap, we don't count this, it is lap one. So we're gonna make our way up this hill. It is a bit of a grind. Uh, it's a rolling, punchy sort of a course. Uh, plenty of little pinches up around, you know, the six, seven, eight percent, nine percent in here. So you're gonna have some steep parts. You're gonna have some parts where you're gonna need to get out of the saddle, get on those pedals and dance your way up to the top of this. There's lots of twists, taking the wildlife and the beautiful scenery that Mercury Islands has to offer. It is a nice picturesque little course. So work your way up here. Try and take your mind off it because this is going to hurt, especially after the first castle climb just before this. Two back-to-back -back climbs pretty much. It feels like one. It's going to be a tough climb. As you can see on the little mini-map, there's a dark circle in the middle of the lake. That is where our KOM, QOM banner is going to be. So we're almost there. As you head around this last bend, you'll see it come in front. Here it is here. That marks the top of the climb. From there, it's gonna be a descent on the way down. This could be where you push your advantage if you have one. It could be where you try to catch up to people. Um, it could be where you're just absolutely stuffed and you need to catch your breath and you might be able to do a bit of super tucking uh, or drafting to catch your breath and recover ready for the next lap. So heading down the hill here, should be some good speeds down through here. And then we're gonna make our way back towards uh, the village. Around through that one there, we're gonna head past the lake, over past this pier. It's a great time to do this road when you have the beautiful cherry blossoms in flower. Okay, we're gonna roll around here. We're heading through the countryside back towards the village you can see it on the little mini map there coming up once we go through that village and we come out the other side of that we're going to head back towards the sprint that we had done in the first leading that is now going to count again for the second time so through this little channel here now you're in those pasture fields again sprint is going to be coming up here this is also the finish line for the second one. So country sprint, fastest three segment again. Here it is, and you're done. Ah, well done. Yeah, so just to recap, we don't have a, uh, there's no bike choices in this. The bike is assigned for us uh, in this race. Um, it is the Pinarello Dogma. So um, yeah, no, no bike, um, but we do get the choice of wheels for this. Yeah, so, so what, what wheel choices are there for the Pinarello? Anything you want or? I guess so. I, I, yeah, I, I suppose whatever yeah, you can put on it. Yeah. So maybe an all-rounder might be a the way to go. Way to go. Um, 
yeah, given that we've got a bit of climbing, but there's plenty of nice tarmac in there as well. It's a, a course that has quite a bit of uh, different road surfaces. So, yeah, I don't know. Has anybody else got any thoughts on uh, wheel choices? I was going to ask the, um, the the two resident experts we've got here with us. Yeah. What do you guys think? You can't Josh twice. <laughs> <laughs> don't be modest. Chain Chomper, what do you think of that route? Josh? Oh, uh, it's a good it's a good route. I, I I like the climb on there. In terms of um in terms of wheel choice, I've been looking primarily for my racing lately at the finish. Um uh, I've been strong enough luckily that on the climbing races I've been able to stick with with the, the front group and stuff. So um if you're in that position, um look at the finish and, and choose the best wheel for that however um you don't want to get dropped on the climb and you don't want it to come down to having too heavy a wheel so um if you're in any doubt there you'd probably go more of an all-rounder for this one i reckon yep, yep. yeah i'm racing with i'm a i'm a sort of mid b and i'm racing in the because it's uh swift racing up categories i'm with a's and a pluses so yeah they're gonna drop me on that hill no matter what i think so <laughs> Um, I I sort of complained that it wasn't that, that it was far too climby the series, um, especially given the categorization method, and they've they've given me the sprints, and I, I'm still not going to be able to do it. <laughs> <So>, kind <laughs> of. Uh, hey, yeah. um, given that uh, Josh, what's what's your take on uh, the Zwift racing app? Given that the Dirt Racing series is using that for its um its uh, categorization. Yeah. I- I think they've evolved it from I'm, I'm not massively researched on it but it seems like some of the evolutions of it in the last few months have been really positive um in terms of some of the the potential downfalls of it early days yep um like i noticed a, a few little like significant drop-offs um in races whereas i might have went for like a, a big breakaway or something and it, it failed and then i came in 70th place which you know, it doesn't reflect where I'm at, but I think that they've brought in some stuff to to um, to counter that those big drops and, and stuff. And I think it's um, it looks like a really good system now. And from from what I've seen, I've got a little bit of data on my partner as well. She seems pretty accurately categorised and, and that kind of thing. So um, yep. I, I think it's it's going pretty well. Well, we're going to have uh, Tim on the show next week. Um, so if you've got any uh, thoughts or any uh, feedback or anyone watching the show who has any questions for Tim about the Zwift racing app, uh, don't forget to drop us a comment in the description or in the, in the video below or head on over to our Facebook group in the drops and uh, leave your questions there as well. Um, so if you've, got, if you've got any feedback for Josh, if you've got any feedback for Tim, um, yeah, we can definitely pass it across to him or any questions you've got. Yeah, no, no worries. I think I think it's coming along pretty well from from what I've seen. Oh, awesome! That's great. Okay, Mr. Rob. Hello. We're gonna go and check out um, Downtown Dolphin. I love Downtown Dolphin. Downtown Dolphin. Go around in circles. My favourite um, routes. There we go. So uh, we're we're on stage two of the Crit Club series. So just set us up for this one, Rob. 
Yeah, stage two. Um, I still haven't managed to win stage one. I've got a bit obsessed by it. I've uh, I've done it five times. I did it three times yesterday. I came second say? twice and third, third, I think. So yeah, the streak might be about to end. But um, yeah, down on dolphin. Yeah, anyone who's anyone who's anyone has has done this tons of times. I've yep. done it loads. Uh, so yeah, it should be a fun one. Slightly different with the power of changes, but not a lot really. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's play it. Said racing courses are a crit city. I've done nine hundred and thirty-two laps of crit city, and I've won twenty-seven races here. So this is the inside line. First of all, bike choice. Go as aero as you can. Don't go hiding on your Tron if you've got the disc wheels and the venge. Get on the most aero setup you have. I'm going to be checking your garages. If you're hiding away and pretending that you haven't got to the right level, I will find out. Go aero. The power ups are going to be draft fan, feather, and ghost. Now, the ghost is pretty much useless, in my opinion. But the draft fan, you've got two choices as to where you use it. You can either use it on the steep bit, on the cobble climbs to take away the amount of time that you're in the red, or you can use it at the bottom of the descents over the rollers where it's most effective. So you get most draft when you're going fastest. So that's where it, it saves you most watts. But if you use it on the couple climbs, you keep yourself going into the red too much. I personally prefer to use it on the couple climbs, but I think it's really just a matter of style and taste. The feather, Pretty much on the on the first seven laps, only use it on the cobbled climbs, and on the final lap, do keep it for the sprint. It can help you during the sprint. The race will be decided in the sprint more than likely, so if you can, save for the sprint. The ghost, the only two possible options are to save it for or use it just as you're approaching the banner on the final lap and do a double drop. So use the ghost, hope you get another ghost and use that one immediately. And in that time, you can build up a significant lead. People won't be expecting it there. That's a pretty audacious move. Uh, let me know if you try it and it succeeds. It sets you up for a perfect long range attack. If you get the feather as you're going through the banner, then you can use that on the cobble climbs. If you get the draft fan, as you're going through, then you're pretty much all out of luck. The other option for the ghost is to use it for a long range attack, either at the bottom of the couple climbs, hit it hard and get away from the group, or for a long sprint at the top of the rollers, but it's very hard to get away with there, and I really don't advise it. This is John Buckman, great guy, great channel, go and check him out. And we're going to show the first and the last lap of his 12 lap race around the downtown Dolphin direction, which is the direction that we'll be doing, but we've only got eight laps. Now, the first thing is don't go off too hard. Now, John does go off a bit hard here. You want to generally do about maybe one and a half times your cat limit. So if you're a B, but the cat limit is 3.2, you maybe want to do about 4.8 watts per kilogram. So John Oliver does it here, but he's in a multi-cat race, and so it's kind of understandable. 
And the next thing to note is that, as you can see from the coast profile, there is a little bit of a lump here, which is almost imperceptible when you're right. And you'll still stay in the draft. Uh, we're going to go up the coal climbs eight times because we've only got a teeny little lead in. And it's kind of in half. You can't take a tiny little break halfway up. But in general, with this race, it's all about staying in the draft. 95% of these are going to end up in a bunch sprint. So you just want to be as efficient as possible. Not like this guy on Maniac on the Buffalo bike for some reason. Here we go into, we'll change over and do his final lap. And he's taking a great position here towards the back of the group. That's where you get the maximum draft just at the back of the, the fastest riders, effectively. He follows move, which is maybe a little bit um, overly prudent. Backs off a bit down this um, slight descent, which is a good idea. Now, if you haven't got a sprint, then wearing people down up the cobble climbs over the first, over the first seven laps is a great idea. Um, whittle the field down. But as I say, 95% of them are gonna come down to a bunch sprint. So if you haven't got a sprint, the smaller you can make that field, the more chance that you've got. And the more chance that you've got that you're gonna have dropped the sprinters in the early, early laps. But John does a great job here. Takes about third or fourth wheel up the cobble climb, which is just about ideal. Puts the power down when he needs to. Doesn't take the mini break, which is probably wise on the last lap and just follows wheels here and usually you'll get someone going away quite hard on the final lap but not particularly here and it's just a case of learning to surf of, of surfing the wheels as best you can and john's doing a great job and there's only actually eight meters of climbing per lap which is mainly on the Couple, uh, couple climb, which is only the height of 40 African swallows. I don't know if you've ever ridden your bike over 40 African swallows like I have, but it's not that high. And on these rollers, you want to hit it a bit harder on the ascents and ease off a bit on the descents in general. Less so on the final lap when people will be going harder. Hit your sprint on the last, by the latest, by the last tree on the left and then lay it all down as you're coming in. Speeds will be high because you're hitting the, so you can't can't leave it too late. And John takes his first podium in BCAT, in the Crit City race. Great celebration. And that is how you do it. Fantastic. That's um, Downtown Dolphin. I've got to say it's one of my most favorite ones. That's probably the first race that I won yeah you did a beauty didn't you yeah so um but didn't do too well in that um dirt series where they had 16 laps of it though yeah that was quite hard that's, yeah that's no good at all um you do you like a does like a, a a crit city race Josh I remember I remember I think it was my first or second race so it was in crit city so it's it's a classic isn't it um yeah an absolute classic i haven't done it much lately but um yeah it's always there when when you need it yeah yeah like an old friend isn't it yeah 
<laughs> All right. Um, so we'll jump across. Got a quick uh, segment on FTPs. I thought um, for those that are newer to Zwift and maybe don't understand the importance of FTP and um, why it is you should test it, um, we did a quick segment. Now, Andrew, thank you very much. Um, Andrew jumped on last night and did two back-to-back FTPs. Um, I just didn't have the energy to do it myself. And so Andrew absolutely delivered. And so we get to see a little bit of that experience in this video. Um, so let's fire. Okay, so we'll play him. There we go. Have a quick look at FTPs and then we'll get into the meat of the Zwift updates. Welcome back to another video. In this video, we're going to look at FTP tests and why they're important. So in this video, Andrew has graciously agreed to help me out and carry out back-to-back -back FTP tests. So what is FTP? Functional threshold power. That's the maximum power you can hold for a longer duration, usually a minimum of 20 minutes or longer. So in this video, uh, Hutto is currently warming up in preparation for starting his 20-minute uh, FTP. So why test your FTP? Well, FTP helps in structured workouts by determining the power requirements for the different intervals. It also is used for racing categorization. So most races are categorized by your FTP in watts per kilogram. So there's four types of tests. There's the standard FTP test. Now this is an hour and 13 minutes. It's the best option, the most accurate if you've got the time. Then there's the short FTP test, 45 minutes. Still accurate, but you get less of a warm up. Then you've got the ramp test. This is suited towards more experienced and larger riders. And then finally, we've got the ramp test light. Now this is geared towards more uh, less experienced riders or lighter riders. Okay, so Andrew's about to start his FTP, his 20 minute FTP, there we go. And so what he will want to do is try and maintain a uh, consistent power. Now, sometimes with uh, newer riders, they may not know what that power is and so quite commonly um, riders will go out too hard too early not realizing um, how long and how hard and difficult this is and uh, and not be able to complete the test but in Hutto's case he's got a reasonably good idea of what his current FTP is I think it was uh, 288 and so he's going to try and sit around uh, the 260 mark. And in these tests, you can start out a little bit softer and then 
lift your power as you go, which is easier to do than go out too hard and then try and maintain it. Yeah, so as we say, you want to try and maintain consistent power or increase your power as you go. Now we can see his average there is uh, 268 now, 267, 268 watts. So if you've never done an FTP test before, and you're not sure if you can do that 20 minutes, another option is to look at the, um, the ramp test. So you can choose the ramp test and um, once you know it, it, that will take you through and give you an approximate FTP and we look at the ramp test a bit later on in this video and then you can use that approximate FTP which is you know reasonably accurate and then come back and do your standard and that will give you an idea of how you can pace yourself the best now if anyone's wondering why Andrew's uh, graphics are changing there he's actually got the distortion effect or the pain effect turned on and you'll get to see that um, in all its glory towards the end of his test okay so we've skipped forward um, he's got three minutes left on his on his test here and again, you can see that graph at the bottom there, the histogram graph at the bottom, where he's, he's, he's been trying to maintain it around that, um, that 250 mark, 260 mark. And we can really see that pain effect coming through now. The terrain, the route you choose, doesn't have any impact on the resistance of your trainer. So don't worry about trying to choose a flat route um, or a, a route that uh, is all downhill. The trainer will you'll the the power you put in the trainer will just adjust to it it won't it won't uh change depending if you're going uphill or not so andrew's have you got an, he's got an ftp now it's 258 let's jump across and check out what a ramp test looks like so he's going to choose a ramp test there looks you know quite different to the standard test he just did and what this is going to uh, require him to do is to ride until he can't ride anymore. He's into his 10th minute here. So each minute, the power requirement will kick up 20 watts. So you can see it started out at 120 watts. And he's now up to 320 watts. And he, yeah, the test will keep going until he stops pedaling. And we can see that uh, that's right about now. Here we go. We've broken him a little bit. Okay, so he's um, finished that. He's got an FTP there of 246. So where does this number live? So if you go back into Zwift, back into your profile, and then in the right-hand side there, you'll see your number FTP. And you can change that manually if you want to, or let Zwift update it. And there we go. Thanks, Hutto. I really do appreciate that. How'd yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, uh, I haven't done much in the last couple of weeks. I've been a bit slack. So um, my 288, my starting FTP, I think I got from the start of the chasing series when we're doing those 
back-to-back uh, -back races there. And so I, I actually increased my FTP. And then when we went to the, sort of the classics in the, um, in the chasing series, I backed off a little bit there and I stepped into the dirt series and things like that. So it hasn't been very consistent of late which was no surprise then that on the first FTP test, I dropped about 20 watts or something like that. And then, uh, yeah, certainly in the ramp test, I wasn't expecting that to be anything great. I thought that would just be a um, chamozzle compared to the, because I've just done one. But yeah, um, certainly I think uh, the ramp test, funny, you, you know, it starts off so easy and then it only takes one or, those two, one or two minutes and it just really ramps up on you quite quickly there. Mm, yeah. No, it's sensational effort. I've got to get around to doing one again. When when did you last do one, um, Rob? Uh, I know exactly when it was. It was January 2021 when I first got it. And I haven't done it. I haven't used Erg mode since. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Josh, what's your FTP? Uh, it would be about 350 watts mm. uh, at the moment, I'd say. Um, give or take a little bit i haven't i haven't done a an ftp test on zwift uh the last the last ftp test i did was um up at the institute of sport in 2019 when i was wow. um actually doing a little bit of a uh, little bit of riding um outside so i have not done okay. it on zwift but yeah pretty confident it's around 350. yeah absolutely what's that in weight watts per kilo uh a good 5.5 or so <laughs> Oh is the is the setup at the institute uh, quite similar to what what it is on Swift or is it? Uh, yeah, different? they they put me through a ramp test, um, so it was very similar. Um, yeah. Well, um, speaking of that, uh, coaching. How's uh, so you've you've got an online coaching business? Yeah, yeah. So I um I work with Run to PB uh, as one of their coaches. We've got coaches all across Australia and possibly even a couple international now. And we, uh, we coach athletes online around the, the world to, to achieve their, their running goals. Uh, I've been doing wow. that for about three years now. And, um, at the moment I've got about, about 20 athletes and, and stuff like that. So it's, um, yeah, it's nice to, to stay involved in, in running and, and use some of my skills I've picked up yep. along the way to, to help out other athletes. And how have you found uh, some of the people you've been coaching? Have they gone on to achieve any you know, pretty um, significant um, results? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think the majority of them I would class as serious recreation uh, recreational yep. runners. So you know that they may not be elite, but they, mm. they take it really seriously and they they really really enjoy it. Um, and so um, they've. With the amount of athletes I've coached, it's hard to pinpoint kind of one story, but the majority of them have had some some great results. And it's, um, you know, at the end of the day, consistency in their training, it's the same as cycling. The more yeah. consistent you are, the more work you put in, the the, the more likely it is that you're gonna gonna reach those goals. And um, it, it's no different with, with all these athletes. How fantastic is that? Okay, um, show. What do we wanted to get into now is the Zwift updates. So I've been mean to, um, yeah, talk about this. This is going to be a bit interesting. So first, let's do this thing. Okay. 
And let's change across to this. So with the recent updates that came out, um, Rob, you put together a bit of a, an overview on the power-ups. Yeah, big changes to power-ups. Um, but that's only the start. But yeah. <laughs> Let me just uh, call your video up. Meet Grammarly Go. Your go-to solution for getting quality work done quickly. Sorry about the ads there. Huge racing news. Okay. Um, do we want to preface this or just get straight into it? Straight in. Let's go. In their latest release, Zwift have made changes to the way that most of the power-ups work. And I think it's going to lead to more dynamic racing, more breakaways, greater gamification, whether you like it or not. First of all, they've made changes to the burrito. <laughs> the burrito is finally going to become a good power-up. And the way that it always should have worked and the way that most people thought it worked is going to be actually implemented. So no longer will the rider who drops the burrito lose the draft of those ahead of him. And it's going to increase the duration of the burrito from 10 to 20 seconds. Now this is going to lead to the possibility of team breakaways where you can put a rider using a burrito at the back and rotating them round using multiple burritos perhaps. And also the instead of there being a 2.5 meter radius around which everyone loses the draft instead it's just going to be a cone behind the rider who drops the burrito which is exactly what you'd want you want riders to stop drafting you behind rather than those um that are ahead of you so that is a, a massive change hugely positive and i'm entirely now in favor of the burrito in fact i think they should make it part of the standard set so instead of being there being aero draft fan and feather i think they should add the burrito in it i hated the burrito now i think it's going to be great the second change is no more xp power-ups uh, as part of the standard set so instead of there being a four to one chance that you get no power up at all now zero in standard races by default there will be no more xp power ups which i think is great as well so that's bad for people like me experienced swifters who knew to keep their power-ups because there was always a chance that you'd end up on the final lap with no no power-up at all but now there's going to be no chance that you're going to have no power-up at all which again i think is great and it increases the likelihood that you get the best power-up which is still the arrow but you're not going to go in with nothing okay next one is the feather so the feather been increased the time from 15 seconds to 30 seconds that'll take most of you all the way up the Clyde kicker it'll take uh, you most of you all of the way up the rollers on Crick City and a good way up the leg snapper it's I think the feather has has been overrated a bit and it's still you know it still doesn't provide that much benefit you know it removes I think nine kilograms from your weight as you go up but it's going to last longer 
and it really equalizes this against the arrow and you shouldn't forget that the feather does give you benefit in the sprint so acceleration is inversely proportional to mass and therefore if you use the feather use it in the early stages of the acceleration and it should mean that you accelerate faster and it seems to do that and the next one again great change as far as i'm concerned is the draft fan will increase its time from 30 seconds to 40 seconds and the strength of the draft boost that it gives you will be increased and the next one is the ghost so the ghost is going to go increased duration from 10 seconds to 15 seconds and i i would have preferred this to go to 20. i think the ghost could become a great power up if it went to 20 seconds but and things like the crit city uh, race where you could possibly double drop a ghost drop one over as you're passing the penultimate um, lap banner and then use another if you get it um, you know you can build up you could potentially have 30 seconds of ghosted um, attack without anyone noticing where you're going you can build up a big lead or i mean even 15 seconds is better than it's a lot better than 10. and uh, the next ones are kind of neutral but also slightly positive so the aero helmet no changes but you're more likely to get it with there being no xp bonuses and the steamroller no changes but again you're more likely to get it and then i think i don't really understand this one yet the anvil is being reduced in duration from 30 to 15 seconds and they've changed the way it works so there's going to be a percentage of your weight rather than just 50 kilograms added on as it used to be which apparently was very beneficial to lighter riders as we saw with everyday swifter and yeah so they've sort of nerfed that one a bit but this is going to be huge for racing i think it's a good move i really approve it doesn't benefit me but i think it's going to make racing more exciting thanks rob hey josh what do you think of uh, power-ups in racing love them yeah, yeah love them all for them yeah so what do you think of those changes then yeah it's going to be interesting um it seems like they're they're going to balance things out and, and make you think a little bit a little bit differently to to maybe what we we have in the past um i did an easy ride this morning and the the new power-ups were in there so um, oh, okay Yep. So for the tiny races coming up tonight, I'm hoping to to hopefully be able to use that feather and anvil uh, with the new knowledge uh, potentially over some others. But um, yep. we'll see how we go. I'm personally disappointed that they removed the XP power ups. For me, they were the best ones. <laughs> not a they're not a power up. <laughs> they are a power up. Even Rob said so. They removed them. What, what benefit do they give you? <laughs> Experience well, inside his article, he said that they were both power ups and not power ups in the same article. So it is, but uh, even 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 Eric isn't sure. That was a contentious quiz question from the very first um, episode, I think. 
Um, yeah, I think the feather. The, now that I've thought about it, now I think the, what they've done with the feather is trying to encourage more breakaways, so you can get more of a chance mm. to get away on the hills. I think, and you know, that's that. You know, something like you know, Titans Grove, you know, Sand and Sky, something like that. You know, it's very hard to get away. But if you've got thirty seconds, you know, you could get a decent lead. Maybe I don't know. But... Here's a question. So I was just reading uh, Lockie in the comments. He sort of he was posing a an interesting observation which kind of is a good question if they would introduce steering into all the events would it be possible given that cone shape of the the burrito could it be possible to steer around the burrito's effect yes in fact someone from zwift confirmed that on the uh on the forum oh wow okay there you go so they aren't the only changes though that are coming up that we've uh, had a, a sneaky insider give us uh, the good oil on. Let me just change over to here. There we go. So we've got some screenshots that um, someone has been able to uncover. And in these screenshots, it looks to be like uh, Zwift are not only enhancing the, the gearing, but actually allowing, you know, riders to create their own profiles. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, I don't know much about gears. Um, I just I just switch it when I want to get harder or easier. I don't really understand, you know, when people say, oh, yeah, I'm running a 5318 or whatever. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? But, you know, apparently you can, you know, you got to be, it looks like you're going to be able to choose your gear, gear set, group set. What do you call it? Cassette? Yeah, group set. Yeah. Yep. So in this um, case, for those that are listening, we've got um, some drop down boxes that allow you to choose your crank set. So I'm assuming either a, a single or a double front um, and then what speed setup you want, 10, 11, 12. Now, again, for those that may have the question, this won't affect the actual physical bike or equipment you're on. It will just give you the sense of being able to have more gears that you can change through. And Andrew, I would expect that this would also come into play with um, the the kicker bike as well. Yeah, uh, whether yes, because the kicker bike sort of almost already does that now that you can set that up mm. into whatever gearing or scenario you want to. Um, I'm wondering whether that'll change the, you know, at the moment you can change the trainer difficulty depending on what you're wanting to do to give you that sort of effect, whether that'll be replaced by this or still be a part of that. Mm -hmm. So that could be an interesting scenario too. Yep, yep, absolutely. And the next uh, screenshot we've got, so it looks as if um, Zwift is finally going to start to introduce 4K resolution. So up until recently, they've only had Ultra, 141 1440p and now it looks like they're going to go up to 4k so for those of us that have a higher-end laptop that's going to be a welcome uh, change yeah it will be it'd be interesting though um if you're going to run those resolutions or any, even if it's on a, a smaller one i think your frame rate on your monitor is probably more important to your yeah. gameplay in terms of what you're looking at uh rather than the quality of what you're viewing so you know if you're having the action keeping up very quickly at a high frame rate especially in uh, mercury um, and the scotland worlds are really and, heavy on that and the um, as well yep um you know 
if you're running a 4K thing, you're going to have, a, have to have a pretty beefy sort of system to be able to then keep that up at, at the high frame rates that you're going to yep. want on that. Yep. But it should be good to see, though, if, um, if we can get it working properly. And then the next thing we came across, or it was, uh, yeah, that was shared with us, was uh, braking. So there's a little video that I'm going to click play on. There we go. So in the video, you can see that little flash of red just beneath the seat. And one wonders, well, like Rob commented before, why would you want braking? I think just to slow down, people like Josh, if they're behind you, you know, you just want to <laughs> brake check him all the time. <laughs> I wonder if that'd be possible. You know, three or four of you in front, you just behind you. hit the brakes. <laughs> After he's already met me, behind me again. <laughs> really block him in. Yeah. But this one is the one I think is uh, the most interesting. So with the recent 1.39 update, there was a list of changes that came out. Uh, they've talked about steering. So they're looking to reintroduce that for all events. So that's going to be turned on by default. Um, and that's going to be done, we think, most likely through the use of the companion app on a mobile phone or a smart device attached to your handlebars and using the accelerometers to navigate around a course. Um, now, when they announced that, they also announced that they'd be uh, closing off Repack Ridge for some sort of development. And it looks like a rider came across something that was uh, made active on Zwift for a very short period of time and was able to capture this um, as he was riding around. And so we can see here, we've got a rider by the name of C. Emma. This isn't the person that caught the video, by the way. And then we get to notice a little bit of um, color distortion on the right-hand side. And I'm just going to zoom into this. There we go. And it takes him out uh, over the beach and into the ocean. So initially, we thought this might be... Um, some of the beta work for the new climbing portal that uh, Zwift announced. But on closer inspection, we see on the left-hand side that this is now called Repack Rush. Oh. There's a new nav map in the top right-hand corner that shows the gradients. And we see a killer of a kicker coming straight up the front now got no idea how real this all is going to be do you think we'll introduce an option to get off and walk <laughs> i think you'd have to 25 percent. i mean that's just, that's just for the a-grade riders josh you're a bit of a you're a bit of a climber <laughs> what do you think of 25 percent? i think we need to get the gearing stuff happening to, to make it happen <laughs> that's a good point actually yeah yeah so get a nice little um mullet gearing setup going and it doesn't did, look like did it's say that the uh the new climbing things that there was going to be a portal at the bottom of the volcano didn't they so that, that mm. that's where that is isn't it so yeah and initially when i was chatting about this with andrew as well we thought oh maybe this is what it is and we we're both a little bit disappointed when we realized that we saw that saying repack rush on the left hand side right yeah which made kind of sense given the fact that they've shut it off in the um where it normally is in titan's grove 
So uh, there we go. It does look like there is a big climb. The, you know, so there's a, a if you look at the profile, there's that big bump, and then it's you know a long climb after that, and it looks like yeah. it's leading into a long climb, doesn't it? Yeah, right, for sure. That. that that won't be a pretty climb by the looks of it. Um, then the and so this same person that um, found these little nuggets also offered um, his theory on what this was all sort of leading to. And so what he suggested, and I'm sort of paraphrasing from him, is that Zwift might be looking to introduce a controller. So one that allows you to change gears, use erg mode, set your virtual gearing, um, steer and brake. So that could be a bit of a game changer. How do you think that might work? Like a, a PS2 controller or something you tied to your handlebars? I don't know. I, I mean, I know with the with the bike that I, you know, the kicker bike is the buttons are all on the hood. So in terms of your grip when you're riding and you're racing and, and sprinting, it, it's handy to have the buttons right there. If you have to move your hands to a controller that might be in the center of your bars, I think that's going to be more cumbersome than and, a benefit. So and not to mention the, the sweat zone that it'd be in as well. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It could be like. Um, you know, uh, the Shimano, like the DI2 buttons that you can put on your bars when you want to, could be something like that, that you might have. Yeah, like, that would make more sense, okay. wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you can just play some wherever you liked on your real bike. Yeah. Then that could be quite a handy type of scenario. Well, we'll have to um, we'll have to wait and see what else um, this little uh, secret insider uh, can fish out for us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it could make it into a completely different game, couldn't it? I'm quite, yeah. I'm getting quite anxious about it. It's like my, they're changing my favorite, my, my favorite <laughs> hobby. I'm like, oh god. But I suppose if you, you know, if you, if you're really into it like I am, and you know Ben Pitt, then you'll get all the, all the, uh, all the secret hacks as how to use it pretty quickly, and then yeah, yeah then we'll be at an advantage over the noobs again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's going to make it interesting if they do um, try and uh, change the way it works, that's for sure. Okay. Um, so, hey, just before we um, we start to wrap up, um, again, if anyone's been watching, got any questions about some of the stuff that we've talked about, um, got any questions for Andrew, Rob, or for Josh, um, drop them in the comments. Let us know. Um, we'll try and address them in the next episodes. Uh, otherwise, head on over to the Facebook page. Um, drop us a post there and um, we'll continue the conversation there but um, hey gentlemen I think uh, we've reached uh, reached the end of another episode um, yeah it's been great next week yeah so it looks as if we're going to have Tim from the Zwift Racing app come and join us and he's going to talk more about the app and what he's been doing there in the development so that's going to be fun to listen to um he and Rob talk about ELO and how that's used to help with the categorization. Um, we've got more of the dirt racing series. Um, we'll find out whether Rob actually has gotten around to winning the stage one of the Z series this, this month. What are you going to do five for? tomorrow until I win it? Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to do five versions of that race tomorrow until I win it. <laughs> Just until you win it. Um, hey, I want to say, Josh, thanks very much for um, for joining us and for sticking around. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It's been good fun. Yeah, yeah. No, I really appreciate your insight and your experience and your comments and listening to, um, yeah, how you've um, 
you've managed to take Zwift by the ear and give it a good thumping. Yeah, appreciate it, fellas, and and good on you for the work that you're doing to to promote it. Ah, no worries. It's all it's all fun for us too. So, um, yeah, no, it's been an outrageous week, and hopefully, I'll be feeling better next week. So, I'll be back on uh, back on the ball a bit better. Oh, Josh, I meant to ask you, um, do you follow AFL? Yeah, yeah, I'm an AFL guy. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you follow? Uh Bulldogs for now. Oh. I'll, nah, I, no. Yeah, Bulldogs. Bulldogs even when Tassie come in, but it's exciting that, that we're getting our own team. It's been pretty big news down yeah. here throughout the week. Yep. So does that mean Hawthorne's getting kicked out or? Uh, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to our local Hawthorne fans. <laughs> They're going to be having to find a new place to live. Yep. Okay. Um, so uh, that's Rob, it. Uh, Rob's race next week. Yes. Yeah, send in your worst race. Come on. You've done terrible races. I know you have. Tell, show them. Admit Josh, it. you must have a bad race. Well, um, John John was begging. He has, he's got one that he was absolutely dying for you to roast uh, today, but unfortunately, we just don't have the time for it. So definitely you've got another one there. But if anyone yeah, else is I'm watching, you've got, you, you stream your own rides or you record your own rides and you've got a ride that you think Rob could um, add some value to. And don't get too scared. His roasting is all met in good fun. But there's a lot to take away from some of his comments too. So, um, again, yeah, let us let us know. Send us an email. Drop us a comment. And um, oh, hello. <laughs> yeah, we've got another. Oh, just to finish the episode off. <laughs> yeah. What's uh, her cameo. him? Uh, <laughs> What's her name? Uh, Gwen. Gwen. Big dog. <laughs> um, other than that, gentlemen, uh, I'll leave it to you. Do we have any other comments? No, nothing. No, just thanks, Josh. Awesome. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. yeah. Really thanks, appreciate guys. it, mate. And uh, we'd love to have you back at some stage soon. Cheers. All right, guys. Well, we'll wrap it up there, everyone. Thanks for watching. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Uh, drop us a comment. And um, we'll, uh, we'll catch you in the drops.